Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Wonderful uh, to be with you. So glad uh, to be able to preach in this conference. Uh, a couple of months ago when uh, somebody texted me and uh, they said, congratulations on preaching conference. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they said, don't act like you don't know. And I said, no, really, I don't know. <laughs> then they send me a picture of this flyer. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. That's how this works. <laughs> We don't get the mail in India, so <laughs> after I recovered from my heart attack, I, I got to work. Excellent ministry this week, uh, just from the first night, Pastor Campbell, I mean, this is another level. So I want to thank Pastor Campbell for the opportunity to preach in this conference. Uh, when I first came 14 years ago to this conference, I was 19 years old, and I never imagined that I would be a pastor Never imagined that I would get to preach in this conference, and for that, I want to say thank you. Thank you to the staff, uh, the Chandler Church here, um, just your faithfulness for trusting me to minister behind this pulpit. Amen. Let's give God praise this morning before we start. If you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 37, verse 1 is our text. You know, whenever you go to a new country, one of the first things that you'll notice are the signs. 
There are signs everywhere, big signs, little signs, uh, neon signs, light-up signs. The second thing you will notice is how some countries use English on those signs. It's a little different than how we use in the States. So I want to show a few signs that I've come across in other countries. If we can put that up on the screen. Here's the first sign. Not that sign. There we go. Next sign. (laughs) That's from India. Next sign, eating carpet, strictly prohibited. (laughs) Next sign. (laughs) Next sign. Amen. I think that's all of them, right? You know, it's always interesting when you settle in a new place, especially when you settle in a new new nation, the things you'll see, things you'll experience, but it is an adventure of a lifetime. Uh, this morning, I want to preach on world evangelism, a sermon I've entitled, Settling in the Promise, Genesis 37, verse 1. I'm going to read from the New Living. It says, so Jacob settled again. In the land of Canaan, where his father lived as a foreigner. Amen. Let's pray. God, we ask that you'd speak to us this morning. We ask that your Holy Spirit would lead and direct my words. God, I pray that I would decrease so that you can increase. God, I'm grateful for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look first at the unsettled place. In our text, Jacob is in the middle years of his life. God has blessed him. He has a a huge family. He has livestock. He has resources, sons and daughters. But only a a short time before this, Jacob started out with nothing. You know the story. He stole his brother's birthright. He runs away from home. He heads north to Haran to live with Uncle Laban. And on his way there, he stops in a place called Bethel, falls asleep on a rock, At this point, he he literally has nothing but the clothes on his back. But it's at this time in Jacob's life, this unsettled place, he has no stability. He has no real sense of direction. He has no idea what the future holds. But this place, this unsettled place, is where God chose to meet with him and makes him this incredible promise. Genesis 28, 13 through 15. It says, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, the north and the south. In you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken. This is really the first place where we begin to understand that God has big plans for Jacob's life. But the reality is, his present situation didn't change right then and there. He's still on the run from Esau. 
He's still very immature. All kinds of character issues and things he needs to work on. And yet, it's at this unsettled place in Jacob's life when God chose to meet with him. This reveals a truth about who God is, that many times God's promise and God's calling comes to us when we're in an unsettled place. For many of us, it was early on in our salvation that God called us and stirred us for the ministry. He put a city on our heart. He put a nation on our heart. He showed us a need. I can remember in the the early days of my salvation, my early years, when God called me into ministry, I had this, this moment. It was after one of our concert scenes and you know, I'm just excited. I'm praising God. I got to lead the thing. And, you know, I, I'm driving home. And, and right then, God spoke to me and said, Ryan, if you'll be faithful, I'll use your life to touch the nations of the world. And I remember I felt it so strongly. I'm like, man, th- this is it. God's calling me. I've been called. <laughs> you know, and so I, I did what every disciple ought to do. I called my pastor. I said, hey, pastor, Pastor, God t- said he's going to use my life. I'm going to touch nations and on and on. And he, he's on the phone and he pauses for a minute and he says, yeah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> and if you had seen me back then, you would have said the same thing. But for some reason, God often calls us to incredible things when we don't look incredible at all. What I love about these early years is this unsettled place. This is the time where God really begins to work on us. These are the discipleship years. You think about Jacob. He has this encounter with God, the promise, the calling, the destiny, but he still has to go through some things. Eventually, Jacob makes his way to Haran. He starts working for his uncle. You see this in Genesis 29, 15. Then Laban said to Jacob, because you're my relative, should you, there, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what should your wages be, be. Now, Laban had two daughters. The elder was Leah. The younger was Rachel. Verse 18, Jacob loved Rachel. And so he said, I will serve you seven years for your daughter, Rachel. So now Jacob is managing his uncle's estate. He's working on the farm. He's taking care of the flocks. But ultimately, Jacob is in training. He's learning how to be a good shepherd. He's learning how to work together with other people, how to care for the sheep, how to build something that belongs to another man. I believe this is a great picture of discipleship because as young disciples, many of us, we experienced a promise. We experienced a call of God on our lives and we had dreams. We have dreams of going out and pastoring successful ministries and being missionaries, reaching the world, but we got to go through some things. I remember when April and I were saved a couple of years. We would get together with other couples, maybe at a conference or or wherever. And you know, all we talked about in those years was getting sent out. But that was it. Where are you going to go? When you go out, I'll come preach for you. You come preach for me. We'll send you an impact team. You'll send us an impact team. Maybe one day we'll go to another country, Cambodia, China, India. You know, we were 22. We, we We had no idea, but we knew God has something for us. But there's a process we got to go through before we can settle in his promise, and it's called discipleship. Discipleship is not just something we do. It's who we are as a fellowship. It's where we learn how to care for people, how to cooperate, how to fail, how to recover, how to be corrected by our pastor. It's where we're equipped for the ministry. Ephesians 4.11 
He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry and for building up the body of Christ. Much of this equipping happens in the unsettled place, in the early days of our salvation. And it takes time, right? Discipleship takes time. It doesn't have to take forever, but it does take time. And because it takes time, we have a tendency to get distracted from the promise that God has given us. You think about Jacob in our text. Jacob was in Haran working for Uncle Laban for like 20 years. 20 years of the same thing, tending sheep, working the fields, taking care of the farm every day. You know, I wonder if he ever got distracted. I wonder if he ever thought, this process is just taking too long. Like maybe instead of going out, fulfilling God's calling on my, maybe I'll just, I'll settle down in Haran. Love my family, work my job, make a life there. I wonder if I ever had those thoughts. The problem with the unsettled place is that it's familiar. In our churches, we do the same things pretty much every week. Three three services a week, outreach, concerts, movie nights, fellowship, follow-up. These things are good. This is what we do. But many times what happens is they become routine. A few years after being saved, you get good at following the pattern. We get good at being on time, being responsible. Pastor doesn't have to correct you about every single thing in your life, hopefully. (laughs) We know what to do, but somewhere during this discipleship process, we can lose sight of the promise. We get comfortable in the unsettled place, a place that was only supposed to be temporary. And I understand the mother church, so much happens here. Many of us, you know, God has discipled us here. He's taught us, he's trained us. Some people, you're called to be a pillar, to be faithful, And man, we need you desperately. Please don't leave. (laughs) But for many of you, God has called you to go out and to pioneer and become a spiritual settler to reach a city or a nation for Jesus. You know, God's desire is that we would settle in the place of his promise. Genesis 37.1, again, Jacob, Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan. The land of Canaan was the promised land. This later became known as the nation of Israel. This was the place where God first met with Jacob. Bethel was a part of this land. This was the place God had set aside for Jacob and his descendants. It was a place of inheritance, a place of fruitfulness, of blessing. Again, Genesis 28, 14, I repeat myself. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west, the east, the north, and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In the same way, God has a promised land for each of us. A place for us to inhabit. A place for us to occupy. To populate. And he's called us to settle in that place. To establish his kingdom in a specific location. For me and my family, that place is Hyderabad, India. Hyderabad, India has 10 million people, 50% Hindu, 43% Muslim, 7% Christian and other. You know, India is not like the United States. There there are no Christian uh, churches on every corner. There are no Christian bookstores. There's not much Christian TV. There's no Christian restaurants, no (laughs) Chick-fil-A. There's no Christian cereal. 
Right? These people have no reference points. They've never heard Jesus loves you. Most of them have never even heard I love you. They don't know about salvation. They don't know about forgiveness, repentance. They have no references. I came across an article. It says in in 2019, there were an estimated 85,900 women and 109,000 men and boys who died by suicide in India. India has the highest number of deaths by suicide in the world, contributing to the global suicide rate of 36.5% in 2019. It says in 2020, 418 people died every day by suicide in India. 418 people. And so the question is, who will go? Who will answer the call to reach those people, to settle that nation, to saturate it in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because this is the great need of our hour. But how many know settling never goes like we expect it to? For Jacob, he faced many challenges as he began to settle the land of Canaan. The conflict with the Shechemites, uh, Joseph being sold into slavery, famine in the land, on and on and on. Settling never seems to go how we think it should. The same is true for you and I. There will always be unexpected challenges when it comes to settling in the place of God's promise. Things that will oppose us, that will try to disrupt the will of God for our lives. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I can remember about six months after we arrived in India, uh, one night, Isley, my daughter, she woke me up. It's like 3 a.m. And uh, she's scared. There's, there's like drumming going on loud drumming going on outside of our apartment. And so, uh, you know, she's, she's crying. She's scared. Daddy, make it stop. Make it stop. So I go out, and uh, it's coming from the floor above us. So I go up the stairs, and, uh, you know, I go outside, and one of the new tenants in our place is having a housewarming party at 3 in the morning. And this is not an ordinary housewarming party. This is a Hindu housewarming party. And so I go up there. There's this crowd of people outside this apartment. There, there's a priest up there, Hindu priest. There's like two cows up there on the 10th floor. I'm like, how did you get them up here? There's these guys banging on these drums. There's this guy playing some kind of flute thing. And I'm like, what is going on? I, I, I go up the stairs and there's a security guard and he's looking at me. And the security says, sir, they have permission. Permission. Who gave them permission to do this at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday? I mean, I'm, 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 at this point, I'm just mad. I'm looking at security. I'm looking at them. Looking at security. And I finally, I just said, I looked at the crowd and I said, hey, stop it. All of a sudden, the drumming stops. The cows turn around and look at me. <laughs> The guy on the flute, the flute guy, he's like, nah, 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 That's how you get dominion in India. <laughs> My point is, sometimes settling in the place of God's promise doesn't go like we think it should. <clears throat> but settling in the place of God's promise is so rewarding. For Jacob, we know he, he never really possessed the land of Canaan. Not at that time. You know, 
he began to settle the land, to cultivate it, to pioneer a new life. But what he did is he paved the way for those who would come after him and occupy that land. In the same way, when we settle in the place of God's promise, we position ourselves for the time when he will bring that promise to pass. I remember for like four years, I asked Pastor Campbell if he would send us to India, right? Every conference, every rally, every time I saw him, Pastor, can you send us to India? And I was pastoring in Kansas at the time. But, you know, even from the early days, I felt stirred for India. God was bringing Indian people to our church in Kansas. It was crazy. They were getting saved. They're open. And and I noticed they're all from Hyderabad. Every one of Hyderabad, Hyderabad, Hyderabad. So eventually, you know, Pastor Campbell said yes, and we, we settled in the place of God's promise. And what God has done these past couple years is truly remarkable. Uh, our church has been open, uh, building at least for like less than a year. God has brought some 40, 50 people to our church. You can show that picture, Paul. You know, whenever we say yes to settling in the place of God's promise, there's a great reward. My question to you this morning is where has God called you? What place did he put on your heart this week? What nation did he whisper to you? I hope India. I hope Hyderabad. I think the question we need to ask ourselves is, how do we settle in God's promise? Like, like how do we get back to the place where we're pursuing what God has called us to? Genesis 37, 1, it says, So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan where his father lived as a foreigner. How do you settle again? How do you get back to the place in your mind, in your hearts, where we're willing to do anything for the call of God? Anything. No sacrifice is too great. You remember those early days, right? Every job we took, is this going to bring me closer to the call? It's going to bring me farther away. This girl, this guy I marry, is it going to bring us closer, push us farther away? Number one, we need to hear from God again. Genesis 31, 3, Jacob, he knew it was time to leave Haran because he heard from God again. Genesis 31, 3, then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. In other words, Jacob, he's not simply going on some random adventure. This is not Jacob's midlife crisis moment. No, he's going because he heard from God again. In January 2020, April and I were at the Prescott Conference, and, you know, we just kept sensing God is trying to move us on. In my mind, uh, I had a few options. I'm thinking, okay, we can pioneer in another U.S. city. I, I had been thinking about Chicago. Maybe another nation. If pastor says no to India, maybe it's another nation. And so at Prescott Conference, January 2020, I'm at this altar, and I'm saying, God, you you need to speak to me here. And God spoke to me three words, go to India. And so next morning, I called Pastor Campbell. We met, and I said, Pastor, God spoke to me. He said, go to India. And he said, okay, let's do it. You need to hear from God again if you're going to settle in his promise. You need to hear from him. Number two, We need to remember that this promise is not just about us. 
Genesis, for Jacob, you know, his promise would have worldwide impact. Genesis 28, 14, again, also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In the same way, our, our promise is not so much about us, but it's about the lost. It's about the unreached. It's about the broken and the hurting of our world. When we landed in India almost 18 months ago, I think the first day we were there, I met this young man. His name is Bharat. He was working at the hotel we stayed at, spoke English. And so, you know, I, I began to witness to him. And uh, long story short, he got powerfully saved. He got baptized a few short months later. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And today, he's our translator. He's our drummer. He's a great blessing to my life. And uh, through him, another couple got locked into the church, Joe and Sandhya. And so now, this, this couple weeks, we're here. Barat is preaching the services. Joe is translating. Sandhya's doing children's church. They're all pursuing the ministry. They want to be used of God. I remember all they talk about, Pastor, we want to reach our nation. We want to see more people get saved. Come to the church. We have to understand our promise is about people. That through you and I, all the families of the earth will be blessed. I believe India is ready for a revival. I, believe, I feel it in my spirit. But we need you. We need, there are 1.4 billion people there. We need couples who will say yes to God, who will settle in his promise and say, I'll go. I'll step out in faith. I'll pioneer. I'll do whatever it takes to reach those precious souls for Jesus. How do we settle again in the promise? We need to look at the example of our fathers. Genesis 31, 37.1 again. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan where his father lived as a foreigner. You know, there's something about knowing that your father has already been in the place of God's promise. Something about that that inspires us. It stirs something in us that we would go, that we would risk for the kingdom of God. Paul, can you show that picture, that last one? This is Pastor Campbell. For, this is the first time he preached in Malaysia in 1986. I think when Pastor Campbell went to Malaysia, he was, him and Connie were in their 40s uh, when they started that church. Uh, Pastor Wakefield, P Peter and Sandy Wakefield, I think he was in his 50s when they started the church in Bangladesh. Pastor Monins and Kathy, I think he, Pastor Monins was in his 50s when they went to China. Pastor Mitchell took that church in Australia when he was 80. Our fathers have set the example. I'm speaking. They went before us. They left their comfort. They left careers, family, friends. They went out to a place, a people, an unreached people, a lost people, and they showed us what it looks like to pursue a promise, to pursue a place. This morning, I want to leave you with one question. Where are you settling? What place are you pursuing? Because there are countless people, souls and nations, untold millions, and they're waiting for you to say yes to God. They're waiting for you to settle in his promise, to cast off all restraint, to say, I'm, I'm going to go. 
I'm going to go. Don't think about all of the, the ifs and the, what if this happens and what if that happens. You know, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? There are people here, I, I firmly believe God has spoken to you this week. He's spoken to your heart. He's put a nation, a city on your heart. I would encourage you, go to your pastor and talk to him. Say, God, this is, this is what he, pastor, this is what God's speaking to me. I really feel like God wants to use us in this area, this place. Who knows what God will do? We're going to see some exciting announcements tonight. But we need to settle in the place of God's promise. This morning, that's all I have. I want to give God praise as Pastor Alvarez comes. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.